I have a deep need to make things. This typically manifests itself in writing or sewing or something along those lines. But in high school, I tried something different. I joined my school's technical theater crew. One of the best days in high school was when some of the members of the crew and I got to go on a field trip backstage at a professional theater here in town. We got to see all the people who make the show possible, not just the typical behind-the-scenes people like stage managers, but the people who work in costumes, props, and in the scene shop. It was pretty strange for me to finally see people whose job description doesn't include moving set pieces or waiting around for cues. All they had to do was make the world on stage you see a little more real. Part of the culture shock was probably the disorientation of me, a lowly high school student, being at a huge professional theater. Of course, they would have the resources to hire specialized people to make sets and props, and then hire a different set of people to do the lights and sound. I was very surprised that I recognized some of what the people were doing. I always imagined that the people who do theater professionally were artists and painters with a completely different set of skills than me. But when I went to the professional theater, I saw how capable I was, and that I had worked hard to gain the skills that I have. This is not me declaring to the world that I will now be pursuing theater. I never did tech theater because I wanted it as a career. I just love seeing the things I make have a purpose. But having the opportunity to do tech theater during my time at high school came at a cost. It meant I was obligated to be a stagehand for my school's theater productions. To me, putting on the shows was completely separate from the excitement of creating them. Although the end product was beautiful, I felt the process was stressful and time-consuming. What has drawn me to working in something like a scene shop is the process of making something that didn't exist before. But it isn't a perfect job. In a dream scenario, I'd be able to make whatever I want. I wouldn't be tied to what a show needed. I would have the skill and knowledge to make whatever my heart desires. This dream job is heavily inspired by Adam Savage, who is a special effects designer. He worked in model shops like Industrial Light and Magic before becoming one of the hosts of Mythbusters. He is now the editor-in-chief of Tested.com, where he shows what he builds and teaches others about creating. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Adam Savage worked on Star Wars Episodes 1 and 2 while he was working as a model maker at Industrial Light and Magic, or ILM. ILM was created in 1975 by George Lucas, to do the visual effects for his films. They later became one of the most respected special effects companies in the industry. They then went on to do special effects for films other than Star Wars, and some of these movies include big franchises like Back to the Future, Terminator, and Jurassic Park. Although still one of the leading special effects companies, it's not the same world-renowned model shop it once was. Now mostly computers and CGI are used for special effects, and as of 2012, it is owned by Disney when they bought Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm is a production company founded by George Lucas in 1971. Inside Lucasfilm, there's ILM, which we already talked about, and Skywalker Sound, along with a few other creative teams. Skywalker Sound was made in 1975 to do the sound design for Star Wars Episode IV. Lucas believed that sound is one of the most important elements of storytelling, and wanted to do something as equally innovative with sound as he had done with the special effects over at ILM. George Lucas directed his first feature-length film in 1971 called THX 1138. The film was inspired by a student short film Lucas made in 1967 while he was at USC called Electronic Labyrinth THX 1138 4EB, which is a very long title and I'm very glad he shortened it. 
this dystopian sci-fi helped shape a lot of Lucas's directing style for when he created Star Wars just six years later. There are a lot of influences for Star Wars. It's impossible to find just one. But I find the most fascinating and noticeable are the connections to the stories of King Arthur. From the similarities of Excalibur and the lightsaber, the magical mentor figures of Merlin and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the Knights of the Round Table and the Jedi Knights. I really enjoy seeing these influences, and I think it makes me appreciate the films more, because I can see how Lucas added on to the stories of King Arthur and made it his own. Understanding the making of Star Wars helped give me a new hope for my future. It helped me expand my definition of what I consider a creator, from not just someone who's classically trained to do a job, but to include anyone who creates as a hobby. I want to be able to share my art, whatever that may be, with others and create with them. I would like to dedicate this episode to Grant Imahara, along with all the members of Mythbusters, both cast and crew, for making my childhood full of science and allowing me to watch the impossible happen before my very eyes. Thank you for listening. I hope you come back for our next episode. Don't forget to leave a review and rate this podcast. You can find us at Tales Radio on Twitter or at talespodcast.wordpress.com. Please feel free to reach out to us. Tales Radio is hosted, created, recorded, and edited by Tessa. Please enjoy the following recording of Daniel reading a famous George Lucas quote. A special effect is a tool, a means of telling a story. A special effect without a story is a pretty boring thing.